Hey there, New Spring family, 1115 gathering. Can you just lift your hands up high in the sky? This is just the international like, act and sign of surrender. And you've got to know that you live in a world where you're told all the time that surrender is a bad thing. And I know that in some situations and cases, you don't want to give up. But I've got to let you know that in the kingdom of God, surrender is a beautiful thing. Surrender is a powerful thing. Surrender is the position where God can really start working His grace and His power in and through your life. So at the beginning of this gathering, I would just love to give you an opportunity to surrender to God. Come on, all the things that are rushing around your head and your heart, surrender it to God. Come on, whatever is robbing you of your peace and your joy, surrender that to God. If the clouds have gathered and the storm has hit your life, come on, surrender to God. And I promise you, where your surrender begins, that's where God's grace is felt. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father God, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, we invite you, have your way. We need you, Lord God, to move in our lives. So where there is darkness, turn on the lights. Where there is pain, bring some healing. Where there is brokenness, mend it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We're being left changed today because we, your children, surrendered to you. In Jesus' name, and the New Spring family said, amen. Come on, just praise him in the room right now. Y'all can grab your seats. Well, good morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon. I don't know what time it is, but wherever you are, I hope, hope and pray that you're feeling so encouraged right now. I just wanna take a few moments to welcome all of our visitors. If you are checking us out online for the first time, or if you're like at New Spring Church at one of our 14 campuses for the first time, I hope and pray that this is the most encouraging hour and a half of your week. Make yourself at home, kick your shoes off, put your feet up, make yourself a hot drink. You are so welcome in this house. My name is Dan Leanne, and I love you. Come on, put your hands together for all the people who are visiting for the first time this week. Uh, we celebrated Veterans Day as well this week, the Thursday just gone by, and we want to take some time at the top of our service to honor our veterans, those who are retired and those who are still serving. I want to testify to you that as a Chinese guy growing up in Australia, I grew up in a freer country because of the veterans of this nation. So I want to personally say thank you, and we want to honor you again, all the veterans, both retired and still serving. We love you and we feel your service still to this day. Well, we are week two into a series called Overflow. And we have a number of annual rhythms here at New Spring Church. Overflow offering is one of our annual rhythms. Uh, we have an annual rhythm every January. We have 21 days of prayer. We believe that a prayerless church is a powerless church, but a praying church is a powerful church. And because we need power to do every good thing that God has called us to, we begin every single year with 21 days of prayer. You'll hear more about that on every single campus in the weeks ahead. As well as that, we have student camp, summer camp every July time, um, and it's amazing. We believe that miraculous things happen when you gather thousands of teenagers in hot rooms that smell like Jesus, armpit, and ax. We just believe that lives get saved, destinies get changed, and we invest every single year because we have a God of the generations. We believe in the generation to come, so we invest in summer camp every year. As well as that, we have an overflow offering every November, December time. This year's overflow 
offering will stay open until January 15, 2022. Wow, it's nearly the end of the year. How crazy is that? But as a church, every single year, we take some time to overflow. As a church, we are deeply generous. We have such an amazing community that tithe week in, week out, month in, month out. The first 10% is given unto the Lord, recognizing that God can do more with the 90%. When we give 10% to God than the 100%, if we hold on to it ourselves, we do that all year long. But at the end of the year, we take up a special overflow offering specifically to bless someone within the kingdom of God, and this year's overflow offering is going out towards Aiken, South Carolina, where we're going to build a permanent facility for our Aiken family, where they can shine light and share the good news and show the love of Jesus to that city, that growing influential city, and we're really excited about this year's overflow offering. But like Pastor Lee McDermott said last week, overflow offering is an offering, but it is more than just an offering. Overflow isn't just something that we do, overflow is something that we are. And I want to remind you, if you've been around New Spring Church for a long time, if you've been at New Spring Church for more than 10 years, can you put your hands up in the air? Hey, thank you so much for being so generous and being so kind and overflowing so much that a random Chinese guy from Australia can bring his family over with 12 suitcases and find the greatest spiritual home I've experienced in my 28 years of walking with Jesus. Thank you so much for building that kind of church. If you've been a part of the New Spring family for less than 10 years, can you put your hand up? I want you guys to know that's who we are. That's who we are as a church. Yeah, we sing songs, and yeah, we got cool lights, and yeah, we have cool stages, and yeah, we got nice coffee, but above and beyond all that, We beat with the same heart that the Father has. And our Father is the Father who loved us so much that He gave His only Son. And as a church, that is who we are. Pastor Lee talked about that last week. It's always been the story of New Spring Church, an overflowing generosity. God pouring out into this church so He can pour beautiful things through this church. He poured into Anderson, and Anderson flowed to Greenville, Greenville to Florence, Florence to Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach to Clemson, Clemson to Lake Wiley. We have always been an overflowing church. It's who we are. That's the reason last week, as people were coming to church, we we put it out there a couple of weeks ago. We're going to do a food drive for people during this kind of Thanksgiving, Christmas season who might not be able to afford to put food on the table. I'm telling you now, like so many turkeys showed up last week. Turkeys everywhere. Turkeys on turkeys. I'm telling you now, there are going to be families with personal turkeys this Thanksgiving time because of your overflow. We've experienced this as a family. Time and time. When we first moved here, Four and a half years ago, I can remember we were in, in, our, in our house, uh, this little house that we'd gotten, and, and I remember being there for a couple of days, and there's a knock at the door, and a couple of family members from our New Spring family were there. It was the, it was the Tippets, uh, and it was the Parkers. I remember they got together, and they built a table for our family. They were so blessed in their lives, they wanted to bless our family, so they built this giant 14-seat table. The bottom part was made out of like iron because Andy owns like a, like a custom motorcycle store out in Greenville, and the top part was made out of beautiful timber because that's what Joel Tippett was doing at that stage. It was beautiful. It didn't fit in my house. We had to pull the whole thing apart and, and put it over the back fence and like kind of like jimmy it through the back. But the, the thought was there and the generosity and our, come on, DNA was shown. That's who we are as a New Spring family. 
Overflow offering is more than what we do, it's who we are. And if you catch nothing else this week, I hope and pray you catch this reality. It's not only who we are as a church, it's who you were meant to be as a child of God. You were meant to overflow. You were meant to be a story. You were meant to be a testimony. You were meant to be an example of God pouring his best into your life so that he could bring miraculous things through your life that is your right as a child of God to live a life marked by overflow. I like the word overflow. It's a beautiful word. It stirs beautiful images in my head. What do you think about when you think of the word overflow? I'm thinking about um, like a cool beverage overflowing on a hot day. Some of y'all are thinking of that buffalo chicken dip overflowing on a game day. Some of y'all are thinking about like that hot fudge overflowing on your Sunday. Either way, overflow is beautiful and overflow was meant to describe your life. My God has poured out so much into me so much grace, so much goodness, so much provision, so much blessing, and it's being poured through me to touch and to change everything around me in my world. Overflow is more than just what we do. It's who we are, and it's who you are destined to be. Now, some of you guys push back from that concept. You're going, wait a second, Dan. My life isn't a life of overflow. My life is a life of just scraping by or just holding on. That, that might be nice for you, Dan, but my life isn't a life of overflow. That's not my history, that's not my heritage, that's not my mother, that's not my father. That might be something for everyone else, but not for me. I'm here to let you know. Galatians chapter three tells us that if you are in Christ, you are now an heir to a promise, a promise that was made to Father Abraham many years ago. And that promise is this, in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, that you would be blessed to be a blessing. If you're in Christ, you are destined to overflow. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, hey, you were made to overflow. Come on, wake them up and say, you were made to overflow. Go on, tap your other neighbor and say, hey, second choice, you were made to overflow as well. Come on, you were made to overflow, to experience blessing from heaven so that you could flow blessings to the earth. So here's the question, how? How do I practically live a life marked by overflow? I would love to, down the track, to be described as someone who overflowed God's goodness in my life and through my life, but how do I practically walk this path towards overflow? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because every single time we have a question, we turn to the scriptures. Because the Bible is an archaic piece of literature from back in the day, the Bible is a living, breathing conversation that God wants to have with you every day. So if you have the Bibles, would you go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and there are some beautiful words written by the Apostle Paul, carried by the Holy Spirit, to help you understand how each and every single one of y'all can overflow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, Now I say this, or in other words, pay attention. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one must do just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now catch this, verse eight. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you. Every good thing, undeserved, unearned, just as an extension, as a child of God. He is able to overflow everything you need 
The money in your pocket, the food in your fridge, the gas in your tank, the clothes on your back, every good thing, he can flow it to you so that having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance or an overflow for every good deed. So sparingly, you reap sparingly, but so generously, and you'll experience an overflow. Decide in your heart what you're going to give, but make sure you have the right attitude because God loves a cheerful giver, and into cheerful givers, God will bring an overflow. And when you feel the overflow of heaven, understand this, he does it for a purpose. There are lovingly, there are lovingly strings attached because he wants you to flow over to people around you. Three simple points. If you're taking down notes, pull out your leather-bound journals and your pens right now. An old mentor of mine used to tell me that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things God whispers to you about. I'm not saying you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? You know what I'm saying? So you can scribble this stuff down. You have a New Spring app, open that up. The scriptures are in there. The points are all preloaded. If you have an iPhone, iPod, iPad, Android device, Google device, find the note app, three simple points, they're gonna help you overflow in life. Come on, turn to your neighbor again and say, you need to overflow, come on, let them know. You need to overflow. If you're not feeling it, we want it for you. If you haven't experienced this, experienced this before, that's the reason we're doing this series. If you don't believe that this is a promise for you, we pray that the Holy Spirit changes your mind. You are destined to overflow, and this is how you do it. Point number one, you gotta learn how to sow generously. You gotta sow generously. The Bible says here in verse six, now I say this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will also reap generously. Paul is using an agricultural illustration because he's describing a very specific and peculiar environment and terrain in which we live, in which we are growing our lives. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow generously, reap generously. I've got a confession to make. I love grass. Grass. Like, no, not that kind of grass. Like, kind of like... Lawn grass, like kind of yard. Are you all freaking out there? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and this love for grass is about one year old. All right? I moved here four years ago. I noticed like southern men were all very passionate about their grass. And, and I, I, it kind of didn't make sense to me until we finished our house. We moved in about a year ago. A friend of mine was asking me what I was going to do with the front lawn. And I just glibly said, I'm going to buy some seed from Home Depot and throw it on the dirt and see what happens, and he was so offended. Like, how dare you disrespect grass in this region like that? It was like I kicked his cat and made fun of his grandmother's mac and cheese. He was so angry at me. He said, no, 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 you gotta find someone who knows about grass to give you some insight about what kind of seed you need to sow and what kind of grass you need to grow. You know how people say it's as boring as watching grass grow? Those people have never grown grass before because grass is exciting, you know what I'm saying? So I bring a friend in. His name is John McDermott, okay? So he's been on staff for many years and around these parts, he's kind of legendary for knowing about grass. I give him a call and he said, I'm gonna be right over. 
This is like a, a matter of urgency. So John McDermott comes around, and just like a super grass sensei and me little Daniel son, I'm like kind of walking around, and he's like kind of checking the dirt, and he's kind of looking at the, sh- like the, the shade. Is there any, any trees around? Are you going to be getting irrigation or no irrigation? He's down here, and he's like smelling the soil, and, and, he, and, he, and he determines, you know, this is what you need. What's going to grow best in this environment is Tifway 419, and then in the winter times, we're going to oversee with a tri-blend perennial rye, and that is what I have there in my grass right now. John McDermott needed to let me know what would grow in my environment because my environment was very particular. The Apostle Paul needs to let you know, as children of God, the very peculiar kind of environment you now live in. You are in this world but now as a child of God, you are no longer, come on, of this world. There are different rules that apply. You are a child of God and a citizen of heaven, and things grow differently in that space than in the world that you came from before you knew Jesus. You see, in the world that you came from before you knew Jesus, generosity always results in a net loss. If you're a generous person, you're gonna end up with less at the end of the day. If I give something away, I end up with less. You know, there's a little bit of return. Maybe there's some goodwill from the public if they know that you've given something away or have been charitable. Maybe there's a little bit of self-satisfaction that comes from doing a good deed. Maybe there's a little bit of a tax benefit for giving away uh, from a charitable point of view. But the reality is, in the world we came from before we met Jesus, generosity equated to a net loss, not in the kingdom of God not in the life we all live now. I want you to get this so deep into your heart that because we are children of God and citizens of heaven, there is a different set of rules now in play. Generosity never results in a net loss. Generosity always results, come on, in a net gain. That's the reason he says, so generously you will reap generously. In the world that we came from, Before we knew Jesus, to get ahead, you needed to hold on tighter. But in the kingdom of God, holding on tighter just makes your world smaller and smaller. It is living life with a generous spirit and with open hands that guarantees that you'll experience an overflow from heaven. Come on, smile, that's good news. Because there are some people in this room right now who are going, why does it always feel like my my life is like kind of, you know, two steps forward and two steps back, and I never seem to get ahead. This whole overflow, man, I wish my life looked like a cool drink on a hot day. I wish my life looked like a buffalo chicken dip on a game day. I wish my life looked like hot chocolate fudge on a Sunday, but my life doesn't look like that at all. Well, you need to step into the promises that come from God for his children in this kingdom. So generously reap generously. That's the reason Proverbs chapter 11 tells us, hey, the world of the generous just gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. In this kind of terrain, it is generosity that promises overflow from heaven. Your stingy, greedy spirit, that stingy and greedy spirit that I've had to fight for years and years, actually holds you back from getting ahead. In this kingdom, it's generosity that brings a generous sowing and reaping. Amen?
That's been our testimony. Uh, my wife and I have been married for nearly 24 years. Um, I am, uh, I'm a little thinner after 24 years, like both here and here, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, uh, my, my wife looks exactly the same as 24 years ago. And we, and, we, and we can testify that we made a decision as a young married couple at 21 to do our best by the grace of God to live lives generously. I think a big part of it was because of the parents that raised us, but a lot of it had to do with the church that we were first discipled in, and the men and women who discipled us were incredibly generous people. So we decided time and time again, what we had in our bank account, or what we didn't have in our bank account, was never gonna dictate or determine, come on, how generous we were. We wanted to give God full access to what was in our pockets, what was in our fridge, the seats at our table. We wanted always to be marked by generosity. And all glory to God, we can testify to how he has taken care of us above and beyond what I could wildly imagine. I find myself as a 45-year-old man sitting in my little backyard with no grass in the backyard, only like kind of pine straw. It was way too much pressure to keep the back looking good and the front looking good. And so like, you know, just so it's like, you know, it's like the mullet. My house is like a mullet, you know what I'm saying? A business up front, party at the back, you know what I'm saying? I kind of, and so I'm like, time after time, just thanking God. And he's blessed us. And it's not money. It's amazing how soon you learn that money doesn't really make you happy. It can bring a high, but that deep joy can only come from contentment that comes from God. But he has poured generously into our life, yes, financially, but also in joy, also in peace, also in perspective, also in friendships and relationships. I'm here to testify to you that I have learned the beauty and the power of overflowing and feeling the flow of heaven continuing to pour into my life so generously. Point number two, I want you to write this one down. Not only do we have to learn how to sow generously, I want you to learn how to give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. The Bible says here in verse seven, each one must do just as he has decided in his heart. So he or she must decide in their heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I love that. I love how it says each one. Everyone say each one. Go and turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. Seriously, that means you. I love how this command invites everyone to jump in on it. Hey, each one. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should be marked by giving. If our father was the first giver, we should, as his children, be defined as people who are consistently and continually flowing generosity to others. This is also really good news because this means that everyone is invited into the power and the flow of overflow, each one. He's not saying, hey, if you are someone who rolled in today in a brand new black Escalade, this overflow thing is for you, but if you rolled in here with a busted up old Kia with the hubcap stolen off it, hey, this isn't really for you. No, it doesn't matter what you drove in here you can leave here with a greater understanding that all of y'all are invited, come on, to live a life of overflow, each one. But we gotta decide in our heart. Why do we have to decide in our heart? 
Because in our heart is where our attitudes rest and reside. And we're warned here, don't give out a reluctance. Or in other words, if you have a gift this year in overflow, check your attitude because your attitude is just as important as the amount. If you give an amount without the right attitude, you can actually rob yourself of walking in greater overflow. If you're giving it reluctantly, well, this is kind of the minimum I can give just to kind of get this pastor off my back. If you're giving reluctantly, check your heart because your attitude can be robbing you of overflow. If you're giving it under compulsion, this is what everyone else is kind of doing and I kind of feel bad not joining in and I guess, you know, I don't want to get God angry at me, so, so I got, no, no, check your heart because the attitude with which you give will make a mountain of difference in the overflow you experience. He says, don't give reluctantly, don't give under compulsion, give cheerfully. Everyone say cheerfully. Cheerfully in the Greek here is the word hilaros, where the word hilarious comes from. What the Bible is saying here is that we need to learn how to give with a hilarious heart. Do you know any hilarious people in your world? Like, you know, if you don't know a hilarious person, come and meet me. I'm going to be that dude for your life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hilarious hearts give generously. Those who give generously end up with hilarious hearts. There are way too many people in the world who go around with stingy, sour, little hearts. And because of that, they think they're getting ahead. Their world's actually getting smaller and they're missing out on the promise of overflow. But hilarious hearts give, and givers end up with hilarious hearts. Side note, the Bible says here, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God love a cheerful giver? That's an interesting statement. Do you know that in the New Testament, there's no other characteristic or quality that's identified as something that God loves? You read the New Testament, and it doesn't say, hey, God loves someone who sings loud during the worship. The Bible doesn't say God loves someone who cries during the slow songs. The Bible doesn't say, hey, God loves people who show up on time to church, even though God does love people who show up on time to church. The Bible one time defines a characteristic or quality that God loves. You know which one it is? This one. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because cheerful givers give from a heart full of love and trust and faith. And when we bring our overflow offering with love and trust and faith, it hits God different. You know that phrase, it just hits different? It hits God different when you find yourself giving from love and trust. You wanna walk closer towards overflow? Decide in your heart, in faith, what you're gonna give. Not with a stingy spirit, not with a small mind. Decide in your heart, because God loves a cheerful giver. Thirdly and lastly, we need to sow generously, we have to give cheerfully, and the third image I want to draw for you is we have to flow faithfully. The Bible says here in verse 8, and God is able 
to make all grace overflow to you. So that, say so that. Say so that, so that like an Australian. Say that. Say so that like a southerner. So that. So that. Always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance or an overflow for every good deed. You want to live your life defined by overflow, God pouring into you so he's always flowing through you. If you want to experience every good blessing that God has planned for you and not leave one thing in the bank or on the table, if you want to get that so generously, give cheerfully, flow faithfully, and recognize that God pours out his overflow for a purpose. Can you see that? God is able to overflow to you. He's the God of resource. It ain't no thing. He's got cattle on a thousand hills. With a flick of a wrist, with a wink of an eye, God can flow goodness and grace and every resource to you but it comes with a purpose. It is so that you can experience every good thing he wants for you, and through you, he can do every good thing he wants to achieve. Let me give you an illustration of this. I want to invite my friend. Where's my friend Branson? Where's Branson? Branson Wilson. Come on, put your hands together for Branson Wilson over here. What a good-looking young man. 14 years of age. Got that Justin Bieber from 2008 hair. I like it, man. You're wearing shorts on like a 32-degree day. You must be a teenager from the South. I like it. Branson is the son of uh, Jason and Kelly Wilson. Uh, Jason and Kelly are just dear parts of our New Spring Anderson star family and our New Spring family uh, just in a broader sense. And, and I, wanted to, I want you to get this lesson. Okay, so you're 14 years of age. I hope and pray for years and years You'll remember this moment where, not like Dan, but God used you as an illustration of what it looks like to live a life of genuine overflow. This is um, a basket of tennis balls on the surface, but I wanna let you know it's more than that. Uh, This basket is actually God's blessing for your life. It's one of a bajillion baskets that God wants to flow to you. Uh, These balls have the word Wilson on it, okay, because that's how much attention we put into our illustrations. (laughs) And these tennis balls are now tennis balls of favor, goodness, and blessing. This represents money, it does, but it also represents joy and peace and perspective, okay, (laughs) friendships, relationships. This is what God wants to flow to you. But if it only goes to you and to no one else, how much of God's blessing will you ever experience? Okay, so let's see how much you can carry for yourself. How many you reckon you can get? Come on, Branson, what do you reckon? Four, you reckon four? Okay, let's go. One, two, okay, let's go. I like it. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Okay, what, five there? Okay, well, here we go. Okay, see, there we go. All right, okay, okay I, think we, I think we've, okay, see, oh, no, five. I think we've hit our limit here. How many we got here? Bring them back here. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's a great, okay, that's excellent, all right? But could you ever experience everything that God has for you by trying to hold it to yourself? Could you? No, okay. Just say I brought your friends out. Come on, let's bring a fuse group out. Let's bring a fuse group out here. Come on, young man, let's go. 
Branson, you can stand over here. Now, just imagine we change the picture, and instead of God trying to get blessing just to you, he's trying to get it to you and through you, okay? Just imagine how much blessing you can experience, all right? So here are your friends. Hey, that's not fair. You've got like a sling. You can like stuff them all in your sling there, bro. And, the, and like, okay, this is, all right, so here we go. Now I'm going to start sending it out to you like this. All right, wow, now everyone's getting some blessing, and I'm going to, okay, here we go. Does it feel good, Branson, to pass the blessing on to your friends here? And so we got, we got homie at the end here. He really is, he's, he's stuffing it in his sling. Kids, you're going to start pushing, like, you know, putting in their pockets, and we got like hoodies over here. And so now you guys, you guys have got, Every, everything that you guys can handle and you guys can carry, and, and now I'm gonna give it past to you as well. Look at that. This is the picture of overflow. Just imagine, come on, that was like, that was like 20 seconds. Just imagine the next 50, 60 years. This is for your friends. Come on, just imagine 4,000 opportunities in your years ahead. Come on, to flow every good thing. Will you, by the end of your life, have experienced everything that God wants to pour out to you? The answer is yes. And that is the picture that God wants you to leave with. Come on, put your hands together for my friends here. Let's just count how, let's, out of curiosity, let's count how many balls of blessings. Seven, eight, nine, ten, five thousand three hundred and twenty-two balls of goodness and blessing. I wanted this to be such a practical message because I want my New Spring family to overflow. I know for me, growing up in church, every single time I heard a preacher mention anything about an offering, I used to clinch up really tight. What are they trying to get from me? I want you to look at me fair and square in my tiny but shapely eyes. We don't want anything from you. We want to get God's overflow to you. And you'll never overflow until you start giving generously. The finance in your pocket, that above and beyond that stretches your faith, that Chipotle on a Thursday afternoon. God wants to overflow to you, but you'll never experience overflow until you start sowing generously. You gotta give cheerfully, people. Come on, don't let it be a religious thing. If you give with a religious spirit, you rob yourself of the blessing. Give it because you love your Father and you know that He gave you everything in the first place and have that picture in your mind as you leave the buildings today. The only way you're going to experience everything that God has for you is if you lock into the overflow flow. To you and through you. As we wrap up our time, I wanna ask you two questions. We ask these questions at the end of every gathering because we don't wanna just be hearers of God's word. Come on, we wanna be doers of God's word. Question number one, what has God said to you? Like did something stir in your spirit? Was it during the grass illustration and 
kind of in your head, you're going, wait a second, I always thought that it was me holding on tighter that got me ahead. Are you telling me that as a child of God and a citizen of heaven, it's my generosity that guarantees overflow? Maybe for some people, God was challenging you because in the last year, you have stopped being generous even though you've been generous your entire Christian journey. And you need to re-engage. Maybe even in weekly tithing, some people have stepped back from that. Maybe God has spoken to you about that. Maybe God has spoken to you about praying this year and asking from the heart, what wild overflow offering should I give? I'm just here to testify to you that my wife and I have done that. We make a decision every single year just to give more than we gave the year before. We want every single year to be our biggest overflow gift ever. We pray about a number, we come together. This year again, we arrived at the same number and we are so excited about throwing some balls of blessing out towards Aiken this year, amen? Can I challenge you? Can I dare you? Mm, can I double dog dare you? Let this year be one of those kinds of overflow years, amen? Second question, what are you gonna do about it? You've heard God, what are you gonna do? What conversation do you need to have? What pledge do you need to make? What schedule giving do you have to get back onto? What are you going to do? We're not trying to get anything from anyone. I just want you to overflow and have a story that I love so much in my life. So so generously, give cheerfully, flow faithfully. Can someone say a good amen to that? Can everyone just stand to their feet? We're gonna wrap up our time. We're just a ministry. This morning early, when I was praying about this message, God brought this picture into my head and my heart. And it's a strange picture, but it's a picture of the waterfall in Greenville back when it used to be a little trickly, dirty stream underneath a highway. But through time, effort, and energy, that highway was broken away and now flows one of the most beautiful landmarks in South Carolina. And the Holy Spirit told me there are some people who are right now like a little stream. But God wants to turn you into a waterfall. So if you're here in one of our buildings right now and you aren't living, come on, an overflowing life, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. <laughs> the Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, am I right? There's nothing as humbling as saying, I need God with people watching, amen? amen. So that's, if that's you and you're saying, you know what? I'm not living that overflow life right now. I know there's more of God that he wants me to get. I know there's more of his goodness that he wants to flow through me and I want every single bit of that with every eye open, every head raised. If that's you, can you just lift your hand high in the sky right now? Come on, high in the sky. In a few moments time, we're gonna worship in every single room. And if you lifted your hand, I want you, if you feel comfortable, to jump out of your seat and meet with one of our ministry team. We'd love to pray, come on, overflow into your journey. 
Come on, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you, Father God, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, bring a completion to the work that you've begun. We don't want stingy or small lives. We want lives of overflow. Make our worlds bigger so that we can bless this earth with your goodness in Jesus' name. And all my overflowing family said, amen. Just praise him in the room right now. Come on, praise him.